On today's show, KB is back, and we are visiting Derry, Maine, as Jay Free gives a non-spoiler review of It Chapter 2. We then travel to Hawkins, Indiana, and let's hope we're not dead by daylight. And after that, it's a quick jaunt to Westeros before talking about all the news, both factual and rumored, for the DC Cinematic Universe as well as the MCU. So join us for the Scary Dairy Facts and Rumors edition of Free Your Geek. By the power of Grayskull, you have failed this city. Torpentine! Winter is coming. Finish him. Fatality. But tell me, how is it being back in Derry? Strange. Strange? Oh my. I had some cookies in the oven before you came. Stay right there. I shouldn't impose. I'm gonna... No, 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 no. I insist. Your photos are lovely. Miss Kirsch, are these your family? My father came to this country with $14 in his pocket. What did he do, Mrs. Kirsch? My father joined the circus. was always daddy's little girl. What about you? Are you still his little girl, Beverly? Are you? And welcome to the Free Your Geek podcast. I am your host, Jay Free, and it's been a hot minute. It's been a couple weeks, three weeks, but making his return to the show, KB. Triumphant. Try, triumphant, triumphant return. So, KB, where have you been for the uh, the last couple of weeks? I've been in Florida. Flor. Whoa! Wait a <laughs> second. This is a PG PG thirteen podcast, sir. Uh, you should probably rephrase. You've yeah. been in Florida. Yeah, not Florida. Florida. <laughs> if that, you'd be getting paid a lot more money for hush money, and this podcast would have a lot more funds to work with. <laughs> Um, so how was, how was your vacation? It's awesome, dude. Yeah. You know, kind of crummy to be back, but also kind of fun to be back. Weather was awesome. We dodged the hurricane down there and life was great. Great. Well, and now you're back to, to this little, uh, shindig. Yeah. Uh, back to free your geek. Thanks for, for being on. And, Couldn't uh, get into the Star Wars theme park. Have to add No. That. Okay. Let's, let's start with that and then we'll get into the topics. Uh, so Star Wars theme park still, uh, just cause we got there the first day of opening. And uh, it was both days that we tried to get in, and it was like over three hours just to get you into that use, section of you, the park. And you couldn't use any Jedi no, mind tricks. No, no, like, no Jedi mind tricks. You know, couldn't use the Force. Can't you know disguise in you know stormtrooper uniforms? It just it just wasn't wasn't happening. So, uh, so we had to do Disney and Epcot, but that's fine. Hey, Disney and Epcot's still fun. Yep. Well, we've I've kind of uh, the beginning of this podcast. I kind of played to the role of. 
you're traversing around the state of Florida because, uh, as I said in the intro, we're going to be visiting a number of different places. First, we're going to be visiting Derry, Maine, and and I'm going to give just a quick non-spoiler review of It Chapter 2. Now, KB, you have not seen this, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to start by saying that I thought the acting was great. All the actors that they chose to play the grown-up kids, absolutely great. The special effects unbelievable the stuff they can do with Pennywise and just mm-hmm. some of the mental stuff they play but the my big thing the biggest thing I loved about this movie was Bill Hader yeah Bill Hader made this movie for me okay um the acting like I said was s- superb absolutely mm-hmm. great I think they relied a lot on jump scares so it didn't feel cheesy it didn't feel cheesy no that's what I was worried about I, was I worried feel about like there were cheesy. there were pieces of the storyline and I did not you know uh cards on the table i never read the books i didn't see the tv movie uh you know back in the 90s um they touched on a a couple different things and i I talked to a friend of the show jb and he's like in the book they go into a lot more detail with it it's a long book it's a long book it's a three-hour movie though yeah and it's it's a it's it's tough to sit through it dragged in a lot of places i was kind of nodding off believe it or not in a horror movie i was nodding off at, at the theater a little bit at certain pieces or just getting bored um, however, like I said, the acting's great. The special effects are great. I feel like some of the storyline is rushed. And mm-hmm. uh, KB, after you see it, let me know because a uh, quick shout out to Screen Rant. They have um, the pitch meeting videos mm-hmm. and they did a pitch meeting for It Chapter okay. 2 and it had me legit LOLing on the floor <laughs> um, or rolling on the floor laughing, whatever the acronym is for that. Um, but no, I thought I thought it was good. Again, like the the you could tell that they put a lot of money into it yeah. and, you know, all the characters are great. All the characters, all the actors feel like those kids grown up, which is really, really cool. Uh, except for Ben, but you'll, you'll see about that. Uh, all in all, though, like I feel like that the, the scares were a little bit more predictable this time as opposed to the previous one. So if you've seen the first movie, Chapter 1, and for those that haven't seen it, spoiler warning, but there's a scene in the, I believe they're in the garage and they're watching the slideshow and it keeps cutting the slides. That scene was awesome. I loved it. And that was probably my favorite scene in the movie. I feel like there wasn't anything like that that really grabbed Stuck out, like that one horror scene that makes you remember the movie. Have you seen the trailers? Yeah. So there's a scene with James McAvoy in the Hall of Mirrors. Mm-hmm. I think that was actually a pretty good scene. I don't know if it's on par with what we saw in Chapter 1. But again, I think the story, the storyline suffered a little bit because I think they were trying to rush so much in. In three hours, that they, though? In three, like, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I, they could have probably crazy. made two three-hour movies if they want to do the whole story. They probably could have did a trilogy. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk a little offline because I don't want to spoil yeah. it. But um. Yeah, I just wanted to give, but I, I'd, I'd give it a solid like seven out of ten. I don't think I think it's, so it's worth seeing. Yeah, it's definitely worth seeing. It's, it's a nice, uh, you know. I know they talked about, oh, there's an idea for a third movie, but it's like it's getting to that point with Hollywood, man. Like, you finish the story, let it rest. Yeah. Don't Come try up, to cash in on a trilogy, right? Or, yeah. or if you do, if you're going to bring Pennywise back, have it a totally different story, not involving the car- the main Set in characters. the past or the future, yeah, absolutely, or to see a whole different perspective of it, absolutely, It'd be amazing. Absolutely. So KB, I definitely recommend checking it out. I think the past would be better though. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be the past. I can't spoil too much, yeah. but it's gonna be the past if they ha- if they do a third one, a third movie. Um, but let's leave Derry, Maine, and go into Hawkins, Indiana. KB, uh, you're more of a gamer than I do, mm-hmm. uh, than I am rather. But uh, apparently, uh, the Demi Gorgon from Stranger Things is gonna be a villain 
in the game Dead by Daylight. So are you familiar with this game at all? Because I am not. So if you yeah. what's can you give us just like a synopsis so for, to the Dead listeners? By, Dead by Daylight is basically there's there's no single player. It's an online multiplayer um, game where basically like you are a group of people, survivors. I think it's like four or five. I'm pretty sure it's four. And one person is the killer. And you have to run from the killer and distract them, and you have to like try to like get out of there alive. So that's why it's Dead by Daylight. They do the first one. You can probably get really cheap or even free, um, because they started making money off of, like the DLCs and stuff. And they've had some good DLCs like Leatherface and things like that. I think I think Leatherface is one of them. They've had a few few good D- DLCs of like known horror icons. Um, so the Demi Gorgon's not surprising to me. I think it'd be great for the game. And I just hope that the one the one thing I, I was never crazy about with the game, and I only played it a little bit, was the graphics aren't really like super great. So if they do a second one and they do a demi gorgon, you know, I just hope that they do it justice, basically, with the graphics and stuff. Well, this information comes uh, via superhero hype. Uh, all the links will be included in the show notes. But the article reads: Behavior Interactive's Dead by Daylight is about to get a little bit stranger, as in Stranger well, is this Things. Dead by Daylight Two, or is this? That's a great question. This is this is exactly from the okay. article. So I, it's the original Dead by Daylight. I think okay, I thought you were talking about like a second game. So so no, so this is DLC for the original game. Okay. Yes, the I, pub the publisher okay. of the hit multiplayer game announced a release date for the expansion which will introduce the Demigorgon mm-hmm. as a killer. It will debut on September 17th for Xbox 1, PlayStation 4 and PC. The game will also debut on Nintendo Switch starting mm-hmm. September 24th. Knew about that. But oh. there's no word if we'll have the Stranger Things expansion yet. So we're actually recording this on Tuesday, September 17th. Yeah. So as of this dropping, this podcast dropping, that will be available for play on Xbox One. On Xbox Which I One, I did not check down. PlayStation right? Four and PC. Okay, so those three. Yeah, I mean, so if it, again with it being the original game, my concern would be just kind of the graphics. I'm not a big fan of the graphics. Other than that, it's it's a fun game to play, but it's it's it takes a long time to load. A lot of times, multiplayer um, only, so it's it's you know it's it's worth playing, but it's not for everybody. Quick aside, uh, I've been playing. I downloaded this free to play game. It's been around forever called Neverwinter on the yep. PS4, and I've been obsessed with it. Yep, I played um, it on Xbox One, I think. Yeah. So uh, guest it's of the really show, good. the last episode, episode seventy nine, Saul. He actually introduced it to me, and I've been like obsessed with it. You know, how, yep. you know me with my character creation. Yeah. Uh, so I've created like probably like fourteen different characters already in in the game. So. All those all those uh, DC Universe Online characters yeah. are in Cryo. I, I still I still They're have them. Cryo sleep. No, I still have them. I'm still paying for the game just to keep those characters in case I ever decide to get back to it. By the time you get back, we to got, it, we they'll, got, they'll close the game. Down. We got we got to hook you back in, KB. I don't have time, man. I wish I did. Well, you know, let's let's leave. Let's take the time to leave Hawkins, Indiana. Okay. Let's let's head on over to the land of Westeros. This is via the Hollywood Reporter. Um, Game of Thrones has a second prequel announced. What was the first one? Uh, the first one is going to be uh, actually. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll read it to you because I think we have that. But uh, let's let's read the article first. It says sources confirmed to the Hollywood Reporter that HBO. Uh, is near deal for a pilot to order a prequel set 300 years before the events of the flagship series that tracks the beginning and the end of House Targaryen. Ryan Condal from Colony 
and Game of Thrones author George R.R. R. Martin will pen the script for the drama, which is based on Martin's book, Fire and Blood, which in, in and of itself is a companion to The Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, it begins with Aegon the Conqueror, the creator of the Iron Throne, and recounts generations of the family that featured Daenerys, Viserys, and Jon Snow. The Targaryen prequel is not the only, is not the one of the uh, let's take that back rewind the Targaryen prequel is not one of the previously reported prequels that had been in the works at HBO since 2017 instead it's a new take on the world that was being developed by Game of Thrones favorite Brian Cogman Cogman confirmed earlier this year that the prequel he was working on was not moving forward HBO has declined to comment at this point so I know there's been they were they were going to be talking there was going to be a prequel set in the early days and this one looks like it's another prequel that's going to be focused on House Targaryen. Yeah, you know what I'm I'm excited for that because that's an interesting one. Um, I will probably definitely check that one out because I that I think that's that's you always kind of wonder what the downfall is. Um, but uh, I just like that George R R Martin is penning the script. Yeah, it's like so he's he's coming he's coming back to pen the script and again it's based off one of his companion works, which is interesting. Um, if the Don is listening right now, uh, occasional co-host, the Don, I know he's read all that stuff. So he's probably yelling to his iPhone or, or, or his listening device right now, probably trying to school us and tell us the, uh, except we're not live except. Yeah. But <laughs> while he's listening to this, <laughs> Don, to get us. back to work, man. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just thought that was a cool concept. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but, um, so somebody today, yeah, go for it. That's a great topic. Too, yeah, too it's, much. it's still Game of Thrones. So somebody today told me that one of the reasons why, like, the last season of Game of Thrones kind of fell apart was that the lead scriptwriter was writing Chernobyl. So the person that wrote most of it was taken off and writing Chernobyl. That's very interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. We'll have I, to, I, I'll have to get more information, do some digging on that. But that but yeah, was an interesting. That, so, again, it's like you have this one person that's kind of like the main person sewing this world, like all these different pieces of this world together. And to have them like leave, I think, it was like, the, I think it was the last two seasons he was off. Interesting. Yep. I wonder if yeah, that could be a very good reason why. I mean, but ultimately it comes down to the sh- the showrunners though yeah. too. Like, yeah. come on, we we need to. Oh, they 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 just threw in the towel by the end. Come on, I it, it, leaving the cups and scenes and just the way it was all written and no, let's just. Yep. Oh well, speaking of written, why, why don't we leave the the swords and, and dragons behind and let's move on to guns. Okay. Uh, let's let's talk about some DC uh, cinematic universe. Uh, James Gunn, and this is via superhero hype. Uh, following months of scattershot casting announcements and rumors, James Gunn has formally unveiled who he'll be directing in the Suicide Squad. Gunn took to Twitter and shared a list of twenty-four cast members. Okay. Along with what looks like our first glimpse glimpse at the film's logo, and there was like a hashtag uh, "Don't get comfortable." I believe it was. Um, so let's let's go through some of the cast, and I'm going to butcher half these names. Uh, Jai Courtney, Joel Kinnaman, and Viola Davis are going to be returning from David Ayer's original Suicide Squad in 2016. However, Gunn's tweet finally confirmed that Margot Robbie will indeed be reprising her role as Harley Quinn in the upcoming sequel slash reboot. It remains to be seen what kind of role she'll play in the film as it's going to be after her character's emancipation in next year's Birds of Prey. So this is going to be post-Birds of Prey Harley Quinn, we think. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a, a total reboot or, or a reimagining. I don't know what they're going to do with it. 
But um, let me try to read some of these other names. David Dastmalchian, Daniela Melchior, and Steve Agee previously joined the film as Polka Dot Man, Rat Catcher, and King Shark, respectively. We also once again see Idris Elba, John Cena, Peter Capaldi, Pete Davidson, Falula Borg, Nathan Fillion, and Taika Watiti. Unfortunately, Gunn didn't provide any new info about which characters these actors are playing. Pete Davidson. Nathan Fillion. Really? Not a fan of it. You're not a fan of Nathan Fillion? No, not any. I think you need to check in your geek card right now, bro. Nope. I wonder if I wonder if John Cena is going to be playing an, an invisible character. John Cena, I'm not because you, you as an actor you can't see him. Not yet. Um, there's going to be a handful of new names as well. Gunn has recruited his big brother Sean Gunn for a role. Other new additions uh, include Joaquin Cozio, Mei-Ling Ning, Juan Diego Bato, Alice Braga, Tanashi Kajizi, Julio Ruiz, and Gunn's girlfriend Jennifer Holland. Michael Rooker was also previously rumored to be portraying King Shark, but now it's unclear whom he will be playing in the movie. That's interesting. So imagine we're gonna have we're gonna have Yondu and Craglin back in the same yeah. movie. Imagine if they just play the characters from Guardians. I don't think they could, obviously. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Suicide Squad is arriving on theaters on August sixth, twenty twenty one. What was that? What was that sigh for? Or Come on, the... Gun Brothers, just finish this up and move on to Guardians. Seriously. Well, I know you want Guardians, but I mean, like, let's let's put it this the way: the last, just, I, I'm just so done with the DC universe for movies. I'm just kind of done with them. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's. I think that's kind of my point. As as a as a film geek, as as a nerd with your geek card, like we know that the the Nolan Batman's did pretty well. Yes, we did. knew the the Henry Cavill Superman's did okay. The Batman versus Superman, we already know your feelings about that. Go back and listen to uh, KB's episode five. Episode five, seventy five episodes ago, uh, and listen to KB's rant on that. Um, put your and children, have your to, kids cover their ears. Yeah, as I say, put your kids to bed. It's a little a uh, little saucy. We've gone a little bit more PG thirteen from these the, days. Uh, yeah, the R rating that we had back in the day. Uh, but then again, look at some of the other movies we've had. The Justice League, which was eh. Wonder Woman, which was really good. Wonder Woman was good. And yes. I think Aquaman was pretty good. Aquaman was decent. And we also did a movie on the original David Ayer's Suicide Squad. And we Squad. didn't see Shazam. Well, I haven't seen I Shazam. I haven't seen Shazam. You haven't seen but Shazam. But Suicide Squad I thought was okay. It was it was a mess due to a lot of like the reshoots and the, the re-editing of yeah. it. They had to edit it again. But I would really like to see if we can get another decent movie that's not super dark. I think yeah. that was a lot of the complaints about like a lot of their specifically movies. the Superman yeah, movies. Yeah. Like I don't I don't mind the Batman movies being darker because they're supposed to be. That's the character. Yeah. Superman is supposed to kind of give the viewer hope and, and you know, like here's this powerful being and he doesn't abuse this power. He's he's very protective. He's, he's responsible. He's exactly. And I think, you know, a lot of it was just like, let's let's see how much stuff we can blow up. Let's see how many buildings we can collapse. And and that's cool. Like again, visually it was great, but I think that again, the character of Superman, typically if he's fighting a character like that, he'd bring like Zod or somebody out away from the people. Well the he, actor didn't play it well either. I disagree with that. I I mean that's your opinion. I, I think opinion. he did I think he did what he could. Um, again, it's what he was given. It's what, it's what he was given yeah. script wise, and it's you know the, the, all you can do as an actor is do you know do your best yeah. interpretation of what the director wants. You might from be able the script. to change something here or there with an ad lib, but that's about it. Exactly. So yeah. I I think, but the overall theme is like they tried to make Aquaman a little lighter, which is fine. Wonder Woman was really good and hopeful, 
to an extent had its dark moments, but I'd love to see kind of a happier area of the DC universe. Like Shazam, to talking about Shazam, I think Shazam might have had a little bit more of that comedy in it. Yeah. But the fact that Gunn is bringing in uh, uh, Taika Waititi and you know some of these other characters who are known for more for the humor mm-hmm. aspect of it, I think it's going to be you know Korg. It's going to be Yondu, Korg, and Kraglin. Like, yeah. think about that. Like, I don't know who they're going to be playing, but I think that if, if anybody can pull this off, James Gunn with his experience and being able to handle multiple characters at once, yeah. like he did with Guardians, taking like a bunch of unknown characters for to the majority of the, you know, yeah. viewers. The, the, the I mean, late, I don't know a lot of these characters. Right. Either. So, but again, think about what do you, what do you know about Drax or Rocket or Groot? Before the movie's nothing. And think about what he did with that. Like you said, you said earlier, like, oh, just go ahead and make the next Guardians movie because you love those characters so much. Yeah. What if he can do this for the DC universe and finally give, you know, the DC cinematic universe, you know, kind of a little bit of a, a lighting the fuse, so to speak? To me, it's it's Warner Brothers. It's the people behind the directors that I fear. You know what I mean? Because if you think about it, look who was doing the original movies, right? Like James James Nolan, right? Christopher Nolan. Chris, Christopher Nolan, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm tired. You're thinking about James Gunn. James Gunn. So Christopher Nolan, uh, we had, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy that I totally destroyed uh, who did Watchmen. Um, what's his name? The director for that movie. Oh, I can't think of other. Not Michael Bay. That's the Transformers. Because uh, that's what I got. You know who I'm, I'm talking about. Yeah, keep going. Okay, so what do you, what do you uh, think so, about so that? So my thing is, like, those guys have pretty good credentials. You know what I mean? They have good credentials for making good quality product. You know, and they failed. Why? That's a good question. You're thinking Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. That's what I'm thinking of. So, you know, well, he he did one of my favorite movies. But anyway, um, that's my question: is how can you have those two really good, top of the line directors at the time, probably still are, and total epic fail? Could again- they sabotage James Gunn's efforts? Is what I'm asking. It's possible. I think it depends. You know, it's a couple things. It's the script. It's it's the way the characters are handled. Again, you can take these characters and with the right script and white with the right directorial viewpoint and and just mm-hmm. getting his hands yeah. dirty. I think I think you can make it uh, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So I'm I'm excited to see because again, it's like to your point, KB. There's a lot of characters like a polka dot man or something else. Um, well, we know King Shark, yeah. but you King know, Shark, I was just going to say, is like one of the um, ones that I know. You know, who knows? Maybe we'll see the kite. Maybe we'll see, I don't know, maybe we'll see Onomatopoeia or, or somebody somebody like that. Um, I just think, I think it'd be kind of fun. Ratcatcher. I don't know much about Ratcatcher. So if anybody can make these characters interesting, it's James Gunn. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that we'll yeah, so that wraps up this portion. We're going to take a quick break, and then once we come back from break, we're going to be talking about some rumors and some factual information from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Disney+. Plus. We'll be back after these messages. Hey, everyone. I want to quickly tell you about 4041 Media. 4041 Media is a collection of podcasts in the southern New England area. And in addition to the great show that is Free Your Geek, you can check out 4041media.com and listen to the Psych Your Crime podcast to figure out why the crazies commit the crimes that they do. Or if movies are more your thing, check out the cast of characters at Movie Theater Time Machine. You can hear all of that at 4041media.com. That's 4041media.com. 
4041 Media, for listeners, by listeners. As if gamma accidents, radioactive bug bites, and assorted mutants weren't enough, I have to deal with a spoiled brat who doesn't play well with others and wants to keep all his toys to himself. Who the hell are you? Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. What are we avenging? Whatever the hell we want. And welcome back to the Free Your Geek podcast. It's Jay Free. And KB. And welcome back, KB. And we're back from our first break with the triumphant, as he mentioned earlier, return of KB. And post-break, we want to just kind of touch upon the little sound clip I just played. That was an alternate take from 2008's Iron Man. The long post, time ago. Long time ago, over 11 years yeah. ago, a post-credit scene where Nick Fury introduces himself to Tony Stark. And this comes from uh, Via Polygon. Uh, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige shared an alternate version of the Iron Man post credit scene that hinted at a very different Marvel Cinematic Universe, one where the X-Men were in play. And as you heard, the post credit scene from the original Iron Man is already iconic, but back in 2008 or 2008, a first glimpse of what would be the MCU. As a recap, Tony Stark returns home to find Nick Fury waiting for him, and that's the scene that they might have gone with as opposed to the one they went with. Had they had the rights at the time. In the in the beginning, I believe you, If correct me if I'm wrong, all I think he does is says, I'm here to talk to you about the mm-hmm. Avengers Initiative, mm-hmm. where this gave a little bit more. Um, but instead of talking about other superheroes, as he vaguely mentioned... He specifically mentions the radioactive bug bites and assorted mutants, which, of course, hints to both Spider-Man, which was who would eventually make his way to the MCU. But now they've kind of divorced, which yeah. is interesting, um, as well as the X-Men. So I guess I have a couple of discussion points. KB, is it better the way that it worked out with Spider-Man and X-Men being a part like a separate from the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Or do you think it would have been better to have them at the beginning? Yeah, have them right off the riff. That's a really good question. Um, because think about it, would have got would have other films films been like greenlit, such as Guardians of the Galaxy, such as Ant Man. I think you know, I, I think it, it would have hurt them a bit. Not hurt well actually, yeah, it would because you know what? This, they wouldn't to, be making them. They'd two, be going they'd be going with the X Men, the Fantastic Four, and Spider Man, yeah, some of the more And named. not just that part, but like it's so much to work with. Like it, it, you know, how you can expand on the X-Men universe almost almost as much as you can expand on the Marvel universe. Right. And I think this is I think the way it worked out for me personally, even though I would have liked to have seen, you know, Steve Rogers meet maybe like uh Logan or yep. something and say like, "Oh, you know, I fought I fought oh, we fought back in World War II like a cool cameo yeah. or something like that." I would love that. But at the same time, like I don't think we would have as I mentioned gotten Guardians. I don't think we would have gotten Ant-Man. Um, the movies that we did. And if you're telling me I'm, I'm going to live in a Marvel Cinematic Universe knowing now what I know now without Paul Rudd yep. as Scott Lang, I don't know if this no. is the universe I want to take part in because he's just, you know, amazing. And yeah, he's, or Chris Pratt as Star-Lord or and, any yeah, of those guys. Or, or Drax. Yeah. Drax going invisible. Yeah. Like we would never have invisible Drax. Think about that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's plausible that we wouldn't have these characters. So I think it worked out exactly the way it needed to work not out. To, not to mention, I think there was a stronger effort put in 
Because if you think about it, right, like if you have all that firepower in the beginning, you might be a little more laxed about how you go about it and what the overall approach is, right? But you don't have the X-Men. You don't have Spider-Man. So you have to take a different approach. You have to get more creative, right? You have to take characters, like you said, like the Guardians or Ant-Man, who a lot of people didn't know before, um, and make them famous. Right. And that takes way more creativity, way more passion, way more. So you might have been missing some of that. We could have got some bad movies, I think, had had that happened. Or think about it this way, too. We've already seen the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man yeah. movies. So when they in, when they finally get the rights to use or they made the deal to use Spider-Man in Civil War, we didn't have to get the whole backstory no. with Uncle Ben. We didn't have to get the green guy. We could have just been like, here's a young Peter Parker. He's got these powers. We already know his backstory from the previous movies. We don't have to retread that ground. So it's easier to introduce that character. Go back to episode one. We, it was uh, Joey and I had both said the same thing, and I you probably said it too. Is that the origin story of Spider Man has been beaten into our brains, the, yeah. the classic one? We yeah. don't need it. We, we don't, don't need it. We, we don't, don't need. need we that. don't need. And the same thing. We don't need another Bruce Wayne's parents. No. Get, we we get it. Yeah. You know, like I I think to to you to that point, again, it could have hurt overall. Now I think it's I think it's also yeah. kind of interesting having the rights be with Fox or the Fantastic Four and the X Men. As they start integrating, or, or that's not the word I wanted, but kind of like integrating, that's the word I wanted, yeah. with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, think of what think of what they can bring. And, and you know, obviously there's going to be comparisons there. Mm-hmm. The, the past, uh, what, three Fantastic Four movies hadn't been the greatest, you know, haven't been as well I mean, received. The first two, to me, were okay. I think the first one was okay. The second one with the Silver, Silver Surfer, Surfer you was weren't crazy horrible, about it. and the, the, the reboot But the third great. one I didn't even watch. I tried yeah, watching it, it once, and I had great. to shut it off. It was just awful. But, but I, to me, I think it's like now there's going to be that comparison. How does it compare yeah. to the previous? And at the same time, Marvel now cannot make the same mistakes the other studios did with yeah. some of the short the shortcomings of those films. So they already have the Marvel formula. You know, people are going to go watch it. They slap that Marvel logo on it. Yep. It's a Marvel Studios production. People are going to see it. Yep. So I just thought it was very interesting to learn that the universe could have been way, way different back in the day. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I think it would be a whole different place now if that was the case. So I mentioned that off the uh, the top on the intro that we're going to be talking about facts and rumors. So let's now, that, that was the factual information. We talked about uh, James Gunn with the suicide squad. We talked about the unreleased uh, clip of fury on Iron Man, 2008 movie, uh, the post credit scene. So now let's talk about some rumors. KB, did you hear the rumor that uh, RDJ is going to possibly appear in the black widow prequel? Yes, I heard that. So this comes via superhero hype. Uh, buried in the recap of this year's Saturn Awards, Deadline has given life to a new rumor reporting that Robert Downey Jr. will be reprising his Tony Stark role in Marvel's Black Widow prequel. The possible casting reveal followed an Avengers Endgame winning six awards at the event this past weekend. There has not been not yet been any confirmation from Marvel if Downey will actually appear in the film though Stark would obviously still be alive during the timeline the story takes place in. It's also possible that the film will use previously shot material of RDJ in the MCU, and the film is expected to be set after the events of Captain America Civil War, 
but before Avengers Infinity War. That's interesting. So this is going to be, it might be using flashbacks from Natasha's past, Mm -hmm. but it also looks like it's going to be a little bit more concurrent if these rumors are to be believed. It's after she turns against Tony and helps Captain America and Bucky, you know, steal the, the, the jet from the airport. Uh, the aircraft from the airport. So now she's technically a fugitive, and we see her in an Infinity mm-hmm. War. She's with Captain America and Falcon. So not only will we could possibly see Robert Downey Jr., could we see a cameo from Steve Rogers or from uh, the Falcon, mm-hmm. Sam Wilson? You know, so could they also be parts in it? Would it lead into some of the stuff with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier Disney Plus series? We don't know. It could it could tie all that together. I'm curious to how all that's going to tie in, and. I see. I was always under the the impression that this was going to be like a prequel, prequel, like how she like yeah, did all the brainwashing yeah, and, and all the that red stuff. room and all that stuff. Um, so this is kind of interesting to me now. Now I'm more anxious to see it. Believe it or not, yeah. So, I, I I don't know. I think I think it's it's a cool like story to tell. It's, it would be, you know, obviously during the time where she's a fugitive, maybe she's maybe it's going to kind of give. So we again spoilers for Endgame if you haven't seen Endgame, but we see it after. Thanos is killed initially the first time, mm-hmm. and it's five five years later. Yep, we see her kind of leading this other team of Captain Marvel and uh, Nebula, and uh, uh, who else is in that? Rocket, and you know just all these other characters. And maybe we'll find kind of like what drives her, the, like the to do that in the movie. Now that maybe she's leading her own team mm-hmm. post Civil War, where she's on the run from you know the government, and she's considered a fugitive. Maybe we're going to see a little bit more espionage. Maybe we're going to, it's going to be more of a spy type of flick, which I thought would be, think would be actually really, really They cool. did really good at Winter Soldier and yeah. the way that that was, yeah. that was drawn up. It was, so. that's more, yeah, and again, that was more of like a Tom Clancy type thing. Yep. Yeah, I'd love to see more of a typical like who get away from spy. The, yeah, get away from the big villains and the big the big flashy scenes and like the, you know, with special effects and right. things like that. The space shooting and like kind of get away from I think it'd be a lot, yeah, it's going to be a lot more explosions. It's going to be a lot more... I think like it's going to be more of a you know how she's always done like a lot of the martial arts yep. and, and like the hurricane runners and the, the head scissors and all this other stuff. Yep. I think there's going to be a lot more hand to hand combat. And I think, you know, Scarlett Johansson does such a good job in the role. Yeah, she's fantastic. It's hard. And then, you know, the other thing is, is how much longer does she want to play it? Is this going to be the last time we see her? That's a great question. Or is this maybe this might kind of spark her like, OK, now it's your solo flick. Maybe she'll be apt to do more one-off appearances or, or cameos in these other Marvel. I mean, they can always bring her back through like another timeline or like yeah, and, alternate and, reality. Or... And that's the thing. Like you already know that Loki in Endgame stole the Tesseract, which created a separate timeline, which is what's going to be his series mm-hmm. on Disney Plus. So maybe in that timeline, they never had like Thanos never did show up to get the, the all the stones. So she's still alive in that timeline. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know. But we were talking, we just kind of mentioned Disney+. Plus. Let's move from the big screen to the devices in your hand or you're on your smart TV and talk about- things that make us zombies. Yes. Let's let's move over to some rumors for Disney+. Plus. Uh, This one's a little bit old as of this recording, but Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. This comes via Variety. Haley Steinfeld could soon be part of the Marvel family. Variety has learned exclusively from sources that Steinfeld has been offered a lead role in the upcoming Hawkeye series on Disney+. Plus. The limited series will see Jeremy Renner reprise the role of the titular bow-wielding, bow-wielding hero that he has played through multiple films in the MCU, most recently Avengers Endgame. 
Should Steinfeld join the series, she would play Kate Bishop. Bishop is a Marvel character who took up the Hawkeye mantle after Clint Barton, a.k.a. Jeremy Renner. She's also a member of the group known as the Young Avengers. Young Avengers. Jonathan Igla is attached to write and executive produce the series. And then the article goes on to state, Starring the series would likely represent a long-term investment in Steinfeld on Marvel's part. Given the Disney-owned company's uncanny ability to build up on-screen franchises around even their lesser-known characters, it's reasonable to assume that the Bishop character would eventually spin off into her own standalone series or even appear in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm excited about that, the way that this article's reading it, because at first I thought it was a Hearst, like, standalone kind of thing. But now reading it, and I think I mentioned it at the last episode that I was on, was that I think we talked about the uh, favorite comic books of all time, and I mentioned the Hawkeye graphic novel yes. by Marvel. And that's what it sounds like this is going to be, to me. Like, just the way that they're presenting it. I mean, there's no details, but just based right. on what I'm seeing. And that would be fantastic. People will be, people will love it if that's the case. Well, we saw at the beginning of Endgame that Hawkeye was teaching his daughter how to shoot. So imagine, like, going through all that he did, like, losing his family, you know, uh, for five years, taking on the, the Ronin uh, mantle. Somewhere in that five-year gap, this probably happened. No, well, no, I think it's going to be after the fact. Because think about it, after, the, after they restore everybody, Nat is still dead. Uh, Natasha's still mm-hmm. dead. His best friend, you know, in the Avengers, his closest ally. Yeah. You know, maybe he gets to the point where he's like, I need to train somebody else. Maybe he takes up, again, going back to what I said with her being the leader of this other team and taking on that role. Maybe he's trying to honor her memory and he's trying to, like, help another hero, somebody else. Yep. Maybe they'll introduce the entire cast of Young Avengers. Avengers. In the end of that or something. And you don't know, and then yeah. it could lead into its own series. Well, because the it, it's kind of interesting you say that because the end of the Hawkeye book ended up kind of leading into West Coast Avengers. Back in, that's where they're, what, in San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah. So that's so, I mean, the, the West Coast Avengers back in the day. Well, was we'll talk about too, the newer one. But the, the newer iteration. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's interesting. very cool. Now, we talked about, that's a live action. Let's talk yeah. about some other rumors. Animated stuff, right? Animated stuff. Let's talk about that. So uh, this is also via Variety. Disney Plus is moving right along towards its launch in in November. So we're like two months away. Along with an array of original programs and blockbuster movies, it could very well have some old-school Marvel cartoons as well. Twitter channel Disney Plus Updates has reported that several animated Marvel shows may debut on the service near launch. The tweet mentions the following. Disney Plus will have classic Marvel animated series like X-Men 92. That's awesome. Spider-Man 94. Spider-Woman 79. Spider-Man 81, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, Iron Man 94, Fantastic Four 94, The Incredible Hulk, Silver Surfer, and Spider-Man Unlimited. All those cartoons could theoretically be coming to Disney Plus on or around its launch in November. Seems like a lot. It is a lot, but I mean, again, if you're going to get those subscribers... But, dude, if you're going to, it's, it's like anything else. If you have that as your on demand video yeah. service and then you're con- continually bringing in these new Marvel flicks, yeah. these standalone series, it, think of it like a, like almost like a Netflix, yep. right? Netflix has their own, like, hey, I want to go rewatch all of Friends. None I want to watch, though. I want to watch The Office. True. 
But think about this again. But think Star Wars and the X Men are not going to be connected. Star Wars and Marvel aren't necessarily going to be connected. But it's all this property owned. So whether it's licensed similar to Netflix, like you know Friends or mm-hmm. The Office or anything else, but then they come out with their original series like Stranger Netflix Things. Netflix just got Seinfeld too. Right, but but again, think about it. So they have this this on demand library that people are going to continue to rewatch. How many times do you think you could watch the X Men animated series? I could probably watch that continuously. But the problem to me is that there's not enough time in the day. True, but again, that's the beauty of on demand is you can go back and watch it any time. You want to watch the first five episodes in well, December? Here, then... Here's the thing, though. But I, I heard that a lot of their shows, and maybe it's changed, but I heard a lot of their shows were going to be like week to week. I agree, but that's I think that's for their their ongoing series, their original programming, yeah. all this on demand stuff, it's all these stuff, movies. Yeah. You can just binge. That's true. You can just binge if you want to get nostalgic and be like, I I vaguely remember the Fantastic Four ninety four cartoon. Yeah, I've never seen. I mean, I re- I've seen images, but I've never watched an entire episode of Spider Man and his amazing friends. I know it was <laughs> uh, Iceman and Firestar. I think it was. Like I don't remember. That, that's what I'm saying. That's like you know, it's it's an earlier cartoon from before my time i would love to just binge that and just to see the history of that yeah and then add in the fact that like every week there's going to be a new episode of another series think of it like you know we've seen the netflix thing where everybody wanted to binge daredevil mm-hmm. binge all these you know marvel things again think of it almost like an episodic tv i think it's going to drive more people to get disney plus to to wait week to week for a new episode to mm-hmm. drop and we see what the boys did on amazon right I mean, the season two is coming soon. I think. Yeah, there's there's tons. It's like, crazy. It's now like it's it's almost like not even being a cu- uh, cord cutter anymore. It's saying which streaming services do you want? Yeah, I mean, based it on adds their up. Content. It really adds up, and the Disney one's cheaper. What's it like six ninety nine? Yeah, and then I think if you already have Hulu, it's going to just be like, four ninety nine. Yeah, you add. It's like going to be an add on to Hulu. There was also a deal if you signed up. Before oh. a certain day, it was like two ninety nine. Uh, have you okay, KB? Go listen to uh, part one with Johnny Leathers. Uh, Did he I mention that? I believe it's episode sixty eight. I believe I, I not sixty eight, seventy eight. Right, we're we're eighty now. Yeah. So yeah, seventy eight. Uh, where we it was part one and part two. So it was either seventy seven or seventy eight. But yes, I mentioned that it's you sign up. Uh, if you order by September, I believe it's September fourth that you can pay. Yeah, which uh, is it's like, yeah. like three ninety nine yeah. a month, and you yeah. pay for it all at once, but you get three years for it at that price. Yeah, which, which is, is crazy. insane. But again, I just think I think right now where you get to pick and choose, you know, with Hulu, with Netflix, with Disney Plus, uh, CBS uh, All Access. There's tons of different streaming services. Warner Brothers, uh, their own soon. DC Universe yeah. is out there, you know. And I think D- I, we mentioned I think DC Universe is rolling. You're also under. forgetting Amazon Prime and YouTube. Yep, absolutely, Amazon Prime. But I think from from a, a, a comic book or a nerd, you know, level point of view comic book characters uh i believe dc universe might be getting rolled up under the warner brothers streaming service. it would make sense so i'm wondering i'm wondering how that's all going to work out so it's to your point though there's at least going to be like five or six like different specific streaming services but five or six at say 10 bucks a month is still cheaper than a cable bill comes out about the same does still it? need your internet access, which is expensive, and you, and they always say like you should probably have the best streaming. Well, I think I think it depends. I That's mean, how I, I think, look at it. I think for me, like I you know, I think I pay close to two hundred dollars now. I pay for, about two hundred, yeah. So I think I think if I were to just go with internet, it would be eighty bucks. So I think between that and then like say even I pay like another sixty bucks, that's a hundred. I'm still saving. But you're spending two sixty right now. I'm spending two, yeah, give or take. I, well, I don't if have you count, all of them. But if you count your streaming services. But yeah, I, but I'm saying if I count my streaming services, yeah. but to, if I can reduce my cable bill by $120. Well, it depends how much you need real TV. 
That's true. You know, if because you if you because I tried cutting the cord with um, that one that's always on there now, uh, the one that everybody was cutting the cord with. I forget what service it was. Sling, sling. It was sling. Yeah, and like I did the math on it, and I'm like, it's not much more expensive than right. Know, I, I, I or, or not much cheaper. It was like ten dollars cheaper. When I did the math on like what I had, right? And like, but I, I think, and I think it's all in, it's all depending on what you want to do. Because a lot of people aren't even watching TV anymore. They yeah. have their devices. Yeah. And it's just you know you can bring your iPad or your tablet anywhere. Yeah. It's very mobile. And what then, you need TV for really is like sports. Right. If you're a sports fan. Other and than then, that, then you can probably get by if, without unless you it. watch all the sport, all all different types of sports. But typically, they also also run in seasons, and you can get this, you know, pay specifically for that time to get the add-on for those different apps. Yep. So, if you're a baseball fan, you want to get the MLB add-on for you know yep. whatever an extra five bucks a month or ten bucks a month. You only need it for the season, and then you yeah. can cancel it and remove it. Yeah, but then now you got to figure if you like shows on all the movie channels like Showtime, HBO. Now you're paying for those it services. Depends. Too. It depends. Direct, depends on what if you, you have Directv now. HBO is a part of it. Yeah, well, I mean, cable too. Like now, I have every channel. Right. But it's like I can't imagine. So I'm paying for my streaming service plus five to ten dollars for each movie channel service. You know, I don't know. It's it's just it's a lot. Do your homework before you do it. Well, Everybody's got that. Right. Going to have their own. And getting back to the story uh, yep. again, all these uh, cartoons potentially dropping on the Disney Plus. It's a rumor right now. But one fan in the Netherlands has noticed that the X Men is already up for testing, so it might just happen. Hmm. Interesting. So, KB, thanks for coming back to the show. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hope you enjoyed your vacation. Now you're back That's on awesome. the Daily Grind with this. Uh, yep. uh, while you were in Florida, any recommendations or cool things that you saw? Yo Mama's Ice Cream. Okay, give me Fort a... Fort Lauderdale. Okay, give me a, a... Amazing ice cream. Kind of like um, they do like a lot of custom homemade ice creams. Yep. So they'll have like, um, like strawberry and like cookies and... But they're all... They get all different stuff like mixed into them. And then, like, for example, like, I got, like, this giant, like, vanilla with cookie dough with chocolate chips with swirl on it. And then you take it over to, to the next table, and it's, like, basically like a buffet of toppings. Okay. You know, like, tons, like, everything you can think of for toppings, from gummy bears to cereals to everything. And uh, it's just amazing ice cream. Amazing. Like, I we were in Fort Lauderdale probably a week. We had it probably, like, three times. It was so good. And you pay by, like, the pound. Okay. <laughs> ice cream ended up costing so, me like eight dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say the pound of ice cream, not your individual weight. No, no, because that'd be very expensive. And very it'd be crazy. getting pretty, pretty high eating there all the time. But yeah, so definitely uh, check that out. Uh, and and if you're ever in Miami, check out the Bayside. It's really awesome. It's um basically like it's a waterfront and it has like an outdoor mall. I got to see Bubba Gump's Shrimping Co- Shrimping Company. That was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and that that's just an awesome time down there. They got live live events and stuff. So. Um, boating tours and the speedboat tour, like you can go on one of those like professional speedboats and you know be stuck to your chair in the in the breeze. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely uh, check those things out if you're down in that area. Excellent. Well, thank you, KB. I'd like to recommend a couple different things. First and foremost, friend of the show, the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, hosted by Mike Pru and JV, two former guests of Free Your Geek. I was actually a guest on their upcoming show. Uh, which is their one-year anniversary, and we actually rewatch the first SmackDown airing because that's really? they're, they're basically this this entire podcast follows the career retrospective of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So they have the we started dub- with SmackDown. Yep. So they well they well they he started, started in '96, but, yeah. but SmackDown was brought as a second show to Monday Night Raw, yeah. 
And uh, basically, but he was he was the guy. At that he was time. one of the, he was yeah. the top star. But they follow his yeah. entire career. They have the WWE Network, and every episode is a different month in the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So they're in 1999 right now. The the first episode of SmackDown. I was a guest, and I did some guest uh, commentary mm-hmm. as a watch along on that. That should be dropping within the next few days. Did uh did you did they talk about his podcast? As what Stone Cold's Stone podcast? Cold's pod- podcast? No, no, no. So they just basically. Called, I heard it's pretty good. No, Stone Cold's podcast is great, um, but their podcast, the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, is basically going through his entire career, which is amazing because using the WWE Network, which is another streaming so, service. So if you're a wrestling buff, check it out. Absolutely, and I'm on that show, so listen to, to my tone. Jay Free knows his wrestling. I man. do. I actually really want to start another podcast all on wrestling, but the market is so saturated right now. But I will say that there'll be a guest on this show. Uh, Probably the beginning of October, we're going to be doing a, uh, for lack of a better term, a fantasy draft where we're going to pick and choose our own wrestlers for our own individual show prior to SmackDown moving over to Fox Network. Good, because I probably won't be here. There you go. So that'll that'll be you. They'll be filling in for yeah. KB. Some big shoes to fill, but I think JV and Mike Pru can do it. Um, I also want to give a quick shout out and recommend check out this YouTube account called ADC Art Attack. That's ADC Art Attack. He's a professional artist. And then what he does is he takes coloring books and he does a professional coloring job on them. So the oh, specific one I want to give you, have you take a look at is it's number six. He does a Captain America. So it's a children's Captain America mm-hmm. coloring book. And he adds, he takes his markers and he makes it look like a piece of art, like like a painting. And it's so good. Like all the little details that he puts in. He takes a white um, uh colored pencil mm-hmm. and he starts doing the stitching on Captain America's like So he's not uniform. just coloring, he's also he's drawing to it. He's, he's it taking the, the drawing that somebody did for a kid's book and making That's it look cool. it's it's so really cool. cool. I'll show I'll show you real quick when we get offline. But definitely check that out. Um, also check out our friends at 4041 Media 4041 Media uh, .com 4041 media.com check out the Psycho Crime podcast. Check out uh, Movie Theater Time Machine. And uh, check us out. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Free your geek on both of those. The website keeps going up and down. I'm constantly complaining to our uh, provider there, our host provider. But check out jfreethegeek.com. It should K- give you some uh, credit there. Yeah, right? I'd love to. But uh, KB, you have anything else to add? No, man. No, man. It's well, then, good to be back. And y- Yeah, man. Well, guess what? Uh, everybody else tried to do it last time. Don tried to do it. Uh, Johnny Leathers tried to do it. I did it last week. Nobody can do it as good as you. KB, hit him with a catchphrase. Get your geek on. Bye, everybody. You're still here. It's over. Go home.